Episode 68, The Dodo Bird and Python, an anthropological juxtaposition of the extinction of America. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. When the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Frank Herbert Dune. Floodcast. Floodcast. Get in the arena. Good morning, Johnny. Where's Johnny? Where's Johnny? And we got Norm. What up, guys? What up? I'm in the King's Throne today. Right. You are. Well, we're missing. We're missing. We we, we have a pipe that is down. Yeah, well, oddly enough, he he told us last week that if he didn't behave himself, that he would be abducted again. And I I don't know where he is. I haven't heard from him a couple days. So, Johnson, what's your theory? I, I, I have some theories, but I received this weird audio file, and it might be our guy. It might not be our guy. Guy, but I just kind of give you the playback for this. When they took him up in the spaceship, the aliens abused him sexually. So take it for what you will. I hope I, that's not our man. But... I don't. I don't know. That's very esoteric. That could be taken many different ways. Maybe he doesn't even mind. I don't know. Uh, maybe not. Maybe. I was a little jealous. So I visited the mothership on purpose this morning. That's why I only got two hours of sleep, looking for some fun. But you know what's odd? Jason hasn't sat in the seat for like a week, and it's still warm. <laughs> because he takes off his shirt every episode, brother. Like George Costanza out. from yeah. Seinfeld. I, I love the guy like a brother, but that's so disturbing to me. Anyway, mm. so want to welcome. And thank everybody to a brand new, fun-filled, fact-filled episode of Flawedcast. And just to get the preliminaries out of the way, we want to thank everybody who has su- subscribed and shared. Our follows on Gab and Instagram have continued to increase. We're like my cholesterol. For yeah, like my blood pressure. And we've got a gaggle full of new subscribers on Rumble, so we thank you guys for that. You can find us anywhere that podcasts are found. Apple, Spotify, we are on YouTube, we are on Rumble. We're on YouTube for now, I should say. Are you ready to rumble? Uh, Flawedcast, Flawedcast CLE. Our website's flawedinc.com. You can find my daily flawed vlogs there. And uh, info at flawedinc.com is our email address. We are currently on Project Mockingbird social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are on Gab Gab. and MeWe. As our custom, we will do... I'm not going to be able to do it as well as Jason, but take your... Yeah, he says take your right right hand hand. over your left nipple, I believe. Hold on before we do that. Gentlemen, hold your nuts. I I pledge allegiance allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. More God. More God. There it is. All right. So this is a tricky title, yeah. and I did that purposefully because I want you guys to engage. If you wanted Norman and I to stay tuned for the blooper reel at the end. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's going to be longer than the episode, I think. Anthrolaxonological germination. It was special. You'll witness a sexual tuxedo position. Oh, my God. That's what she said. In terms of these single ladies, I'm going to ask you to defer your comments to me, but the norm. Week, so. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh the single ladies. Oh the single. Oh. All right, I want two hours of sleep, so you got to slap happy Norm today. All right, let's do this. Just give him a little smack. <laughs> Done to him twice. Just give, just give, just give, just give Norm a little smack. <laughs> yes. Mm. 
This episode is meant to engage our wonderful and loyal listeners into the exercising their mental capacity to think three-dimensionally as if we are in a political and real-world game of chess. Yes. This is going to be a highly philosophical episode, but I believe that the point ultimately is that America, much like the dodo bird, is extinct. On that note... Are you just somebody there used to call? Somebody! Well, uh, well. I'm going to miss you, America. Yeah. yeah. Mark, Mark. Well, actually, taps would have been a little more appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to discuss the dodo bird. I know that's a commonly used phrase that people use to describe lunacy, idiocy. You're at a lot of my house. Well, the initial comparison is the dodo bird was extinct because it had no natural predators. America has been so blessed for so long that we have not had any kind of trial tribulation. We've not had anything to fortify the fact that liberty, freedom are values that are not only divinely instilled and given to us, but they are worth fighting for. I'm going to natural predators is our own government and i say that all out i'm going to read james chapter 1 verses 2 to 4 this is from the amplified it says consider it nothing but joy my brothers and sisters whenever you fall into various trials be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace and let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith lacking in nothing so as we see there there is a process that we need to endure hardships. We need to endure trials so that we can be matured. We can be tested. We can be proven. And in America, we've not had that. I am as much to blame as anybody, although the last four years of my life was kind of a poop show. But nonetheless, I'm here and I'm still angry and cantankerous as ever. Let's get... Can't quit you, Billy. Can't quit you, John. All right, John. So let's get into the dodo bird. Dodo. Dodo. Or doo-doo. Dodos. Raphas Cucolatus. The dodo, scientific name, Raphas Cucolatus, was a flightless bird that lived in the serene island of Mariotis. The origin of that name, dodo, is debatable. Some believe it came from the Dutch, dodars, which means stumpy tail, while others claim that it is derived from the Portuguese, <laughs> doido, which means like a fool. Dodos were endemic and exclusive to the island of Mariotis, but based on the habitat and ecosystem of that island, their bodies were adapted perfectly to survive there. Fortunately, dodos had no natural predators. Some biologists opine that they lost all ability to fly due to the absence of such predators. Hmm. Adapting to life without flight led to a series of anatomical changes. Their wings became smaller and their tail became stumpy. Moreover, dodos laid their eggs directly on the ground, which later posed a threat to the unborn when humans and their pets arrived on the island. How were dodo birds discovered? Many historical texts suggest that Arab explorers visited the island of Mariatis before the 16th century, but they didn't take note of the dodo. The first documented account of the dodo was made by the sailors of the Dutch East India Company of 1601. Isn't that the same company that Captain Jack Sparrow? Captain Jack Sparrow. Where's the rum? Yeah, well, I can use some this morning. He rode sea turtles. How and when did the dodo go extinct? Debated hotly by biologists, the dodo went extinct at the end of the 17th century for three possible reasons, or some combination of them. The first, arrival of humans. Before the arrival of humans on Mariatis, the species had no natural predators. Due to their inability to adapt to the imminent threats and tactfully escape, they became a very easy target for explorers on excursions to the island. Unabated, hunting by sailors 
hunters and explorers were the main reasons why the dodos went extinct. Second, the arrival of an invasive species. The western explorers and sailors didn't come to the island of Mariotis alone. They also brought foreign animals like rats, cats, dogs, pigs, etc. In the new habitat of Mariotis, these animals became invasive for the poor dodos, who had zero experience dealing with them. As mentioned earlier, dodos laid their eggs directly on the ground, so many of these foreign animals raided the dodo's nest and fed on their young and unborn. Kind of feels familiar. It feels like somebody's raiding on our young and unborn. Mm, now you see, well, see, connect, see the connection? Uh, connect, we're dodos. Da, la, 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 la. Humans and foreign animals made this endemic creature a hostage in its own habitat. Mm, also feels eerily <laughs> familiar. The third theory is shrinking of a natural habitat. My wife complains about that all the time. As the explorers explored deeper into the island, the natural resources were exploited and harvested, which harmed not only the dodos, but other endemic species and plants, ultimately paving the way for the extinction of this center bird. Human invasion, loss of habitat, and the threat from foreign animals are the three main reasons why dodos went extinct. Now, don't some of those just hit a little... Hit a little too little, close to Right, home. okay, yeah. so maybe you kind of see where I'm trying uh, to go with this. Give me three steps, give me three steps. Give me three shots. That's one too many. Anyway, yeah. so... Yes. <laughs> we replaced dodos, much like Satan does. He replaced with dodos progressives. with other dodos. Yeah, well, that's where I was going, but you beat me to the punch. Norman. Yes. Let's talk about one of your favorite shaped animals, the python. Yes, pythons are my favorite. My anaconda wants none, unless you got buns on. I am far from an anaconda, but... Alrighty then. How do snake constrictors kill their prey? By signing executive orders. Oh, sorry, I thought that was a punchline there. <laughs> Son of a bitch. How do snake constrictors kill their prey? Snakes have no limbs or claws to overpower their prey. Some, like cobras and vipers, use venom to kill, while others, like checkered keelback water snakes, swallow frogs alive. But large snakes, like pythons and boas, need large meals. Swallowing, kicking pigs, and fighting deer alive would be impossible without getting greedy grievously hurt in the struggle. The only weapon at their disposal is muscular strength. Pythons and boa constrictors strike and grab their prey. While six rows of sharp hooked teeth grip the animal firmly, the snake throws two or three loops of its muscular body, coils around the victim's torso like a straitjacket. The coils tighten until the poor animal becomes lifeless. How does squeezing kill the animal? Seconds after the snakes wrap their coils tightly around the rats, the scientists with amazement as the blood circulation shuts down. With no blood flowing, the brain, liver, and heart were starved of oxygen. The heartbeat became erratic. The boas took no longer than eight minutes to kill the rats. So, once again, we have a interesting way of the animal killing its prey. It doesn't inject poison. It doesn't necessarily swallow them whole. What it does is it grabs a hold of it, it wraps itself around it, and starts to squeeze, cutting off the precious supply of blood, which eventually kills their oxygen. So, there's the metaphor. The metaphor is there's this bird that had no natural predators, new things were introduced into it, its environment, and it could not adapt to the threats that were blatantly in its face. A entire species was annihilated within a relatively short amount of time because of their absolute inability to adapt and learn how to survive. Why I'm saying this is an anthropological juxtaposition is because as we can look at the animal world, we can also see that there's many comparisons, easy at comparisons I believe, to current American society. I have a list here of, I would say, maybe the top 
four, top five killers in the last hundred years. And I want you to take note of when these people were in power. So we'll just start at the top. Number one. Although his kill count isn't nearly as high as some of these others. I don't know that he rightfully should be number one. So number one is Adolf Hitler, who estimated to have killed over 15 million people. And he lived from 1889 to 1945 when he allegedly took his life. Number two. Joseph Stalin who killed over 40 million. So, you know, obviously we can see that it's more infamy, not numbers. I mean, we're going numbers. Joseph Stalin isn't anywhere close to the, the next guy here. Number you know, three. Mao Zedong. Uh, he was installed by the CIA in the 1950s, and he, these are all estimated numbers, killed anywhere from 65 million to over 100 million of his fellow countrymen. So this guy is the ding, 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 winner, winner, chicken dinner. Number four. Pol Pot, who at some point estimated they killed up to 25% of the Cambodian population now. Oh, is that all? Just a quarter. That's, of the, yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, but nonetheless, the point here is, is that in America, we don't have this. We take these liberties. We take the things that we've been given absolutely for granted. And taking them for granted, we don't realize is that we are always one generation away from losing our liberty. Now, I have been saying this for a long time. We have already lost many of our liberties, many of our freedoms. I don't know how to wake people up anymore. And it's getting to the point where it's like, what the hell do I do? What do I say? Because the can't even pee in public anymore. You can't. They won't let you. Hmm. Put you in a hokey. I can't say that that ever stopped me, but I can't say that it hasn't. Anyway. At least we can still pee in private. Right. For now. I'm going to read another verse here. Revelation 12, 9. This is from the Amplified. It said, And the great dragon was thrown down, the age-old serpent, who is called the devil, and Satan, who continually deceives and seduces the entire inhabitant of the world. He was thrown down to earth with his angels, and they were thrown down with him. So here's the thing. We are desperately trying to convey to you that we are in this place. I don't know how to genuinely wake people up to the fact. We have this un tested serum that is being injected into people and you can do what you like but when I hear things like you're not going to be able to travel you're not going to be able to work you're not going to be able to buy sell or trade enter stores unless you have six, this six six the well, number of the beast well and that's the thing Norman it literally reminds me of that Revelation 13 system like speaking to a lot of Christians it, it honestly I don't know how it doesn't I don't know how it can't oh it's not a thing on your forehead or your okay are we talking about a metaphorical system because the entire book of Revelation is absolutely allegorical, metaphorical? Or are we just supposed to say, hey, listen, wake up, pucker your cheeks, sweetheart, because there might be something coming down the pike very soon. And all this is preconditioning, right? This is all just getting us ready. You know, the one mask was getting us ready for the two masks. You know, the no swab was getting us ready for the anal swab. Plug. So... It's coming to a target near you. Excuse me, target plug. lady, I'm next. Yeah. <laughs> swab me next. No, it's my turn. The man with the Sir, you've had 12 ball. today already. <laughs> anyway. I'll read this next one because I love this so much. Biden dismisses China's Uyghur genocide as difference in cultural norms. Mind blowing. This, uh, this it shouldn't is, be though. Yeah, this is actually fact. Like he actually. This was just this week. Yeah. This was a, this was yeah. a CNN town hall. Yeah, this is not a flawed cast like story that we're just making up or it's not like, a, like we always do. Yeah. <laughs> like Bill usually. This, right. this is not Red the opinion. This is actually something <laughs> your president said. Your, Joe Biden. No, excuse me. I'm sorry. Your president. Said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's your president. No, your president. <laughs> no, yeah. You not only do you want him to sniff you, but you want him to anal swab you too. Come on, man. Come on. Can he sniff? 
me and anal swabbe at the same time? Oh, if there's a will, there's a way. Okay. Oh, this is America. And this now back to your regularly scheduled programming. Biden dismisses China's Uyghur genocide as difference in cultural norms. Joe Biden refused to denounce China's Uyghur genocide during his CNN appearance last night, asserting that this communist country's systematic oppression of minorities was just a different cultural norm. Yes, really. Despite the Trump administration and his own characterizing Beijing's treatment of Uyghur Muslims as a genocide, Biden furiously backpedaled after he was asked about the issue. If you know anything about Chinese history, it has always been the time when China has been victimized by the outer world is when they haven't been unified at home, said Biden. Going on to say that President Xi Jinping is aiming to achieve a tightly controlled China. I'm not going to speak out against what he's doing in Hong Kong. Oh, why would you? Son of a bitch. Because they lined his pockets. Yeah, exactly. Reckless speculation. I mean, I'm just like... Norm's triggered. I love it. (laughs) It's deceit. I'm I'm telling you. I'm about to have my own sound off. Okay, I'll continue with his quote. I'm not going to speak out against what he's doing in Hong Kong, what he's doing with the Uyghurs in the western mountains of China. Culturally, there are different norms that each country and their leaders are expected to follow, he added. You know, it's great. Like, if that mentality had existed back in, like, the World Wars. Well, first and foremost, he's not going to speak about the legitimate systematic oppression of the Uyghur Muslims, Christians, Buddhists, in these slave labor camps. We've actually talked about this on previous episodes. About the women that are being sterilized and gang well, raped. Well, yes. However, that's none of our concern, Norm. It we, wasn't our concern we, in World War II either. We can't cultural norms. Right. But the other thing is, is that, isn't there a great something around China? There's a great... Oh, wait, wait. Great. What the... Mr. Bring down that wall! It just, it's just a cultural There's norm. There's a great wall around D.C. right now. Think about why there are the over 30,000 troops in D.C. right now. Why would that be? Oh, 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 because because that evil man Donald Trump was inciting a riot. That's why. Maybe. That, I heard that. He's a villain. Okay, so obviously we see that the most popular president ever elected in American history is saying that it is okay for slave labor camps. It's okay to have a wall. It's okay to enforce their cultural norms. We don't but, care about statues. But not America. Johnny, I want you to get into this one. And You want me to talk about climate change? Yeah, well. I don't know that I'm going to need it. You're going to get it ready just in case. My shotgun aim and duct tape. I have the same scientific experience that Bill Gates has. You wear pink sweaters a lot? And big glasses. That's the extent of our experience. Me and Bill Gates together are probably make one quarter of a real scientist. Thanks for the computer, bud. Save the planet. <laughs> Exactly. How to solve climate change. Bill Gates wants you to know two numbers. Two shots, two numbers. Don't you see a cycle? Do you see a pattern? Fire two numbers, he says. Bill Gates wants you to know two numbers. 51 billion and zero. The former is the number of tons of greenhouse gases typically added to the atmosphere each year as a result of human activities, such as farting in public. The latter is the number of tons we need to get to by 2050 in order to avert a climate crisis. Just that right. Right there, if you are a discerning individual, should understand when he talks about greenhouse gases, what he really means is carbon. Yep. Now, here's the difficult thing, guys. When it comes to history, when it comes to things like that, I'm on point. My brain just functions that way. When it comes to science, when it comes to things like that, I, I not so much. But you, you defer. Yes, but I do believe I could be wrong. Aren't we carbon-based life forms? Yes, we are. Okay. And don't we breathe in yes, oxygen and exhale Speak for yourself. Carbon? I'm made out of vibranium. <laughs> and don't 
don't we inhale oxygen and exhale carbon? We oh. inhale oxygen and okay. excrete the deadly stuff that would kill us. And the trees eat carbon. And that's what I thought. Yeah. So, but what, we've killed all the trees, Bill. Actually, if you want to know what I think, once again, I am not a scientist, but I think maybe limiting or slowing down deforestation might be a more viable option. And later in this article, he actually says he wants to get down to zero emissions, to zero, zero. carbon. By 2050. Just on that note, though, we were talking about trees. Do you remember when we were kids, though, they were talking about the deforestation stuff and the rainforest and all that? We had to stop paper production and all mm-hmm. Now the oceans are filled with plastic, you know? I mean... It's it's all volleyball. It's all a setup. They set it up, and then somebody else spikes it home, and then the game's over. It's these practical things that we could do. If we still had paper bags and glass bottles, we'd probably be better off. No, we would be. And it actually, it's more sustainable and cheaper in the long run. Yeah. However, we used to recycle. And I remember having a conversation with the guy. And I'm like, yeah, where do you take all this stuff? He goes, listen. He goes, China used to buy all of our recyclables, but they don't anymore. So we normally end up just burning the stuff or throwing it in yep. the trash. So I do applaud, and I do think there is a lot of merit to recycling. However, like Norm said, just simple things like using a paper bag, using glass, even like aluminum or things that are more sustainable and naturally productive. They can actually be recycled. Glass can be right. melted down and reused. Absolutely, yeah. Paper Alum- can be recycled or disintegrated. It can be burned and it's biodegradable. Yeah. yeah. This is what I want to challenge you. Think, why is that? The but climate change else. is a money grab and a fear tactic. You're 100% right. It is to kneecap American industry that China will be the global dominant force, which is, oddly enough, if you don't mind, Norman, we could get into Norman next. Norman! Biden's order could let China control U.S. electric grid. Biden, who long has been accused by critics of being soft on China, issued a lengthy executive order in which buried amid matters purportedly designed to combat climate change was an anomalous and potentially dangerous provision. The provision in question addresses nothing reasonably connected to climate change. Instead, it suspends for 90 days a key security measure put in place last May 1st by former President Donald Trump. Biden's suspension of Trump's measure makes not the slightest sense. Trump's executive order 13920 declared a national emergency with respect to the nation's electrical grid and prohibited the acquisition or installation of any bulk power electric equipment designed, developed, manufactured, or supplied by persons owned by, controlled by, or subject to the jurisdiction or direction of a foreign adversary. In sum, Trump forbade the use of grid equipment that is made in China, Russia, or other hostile nations. Oh wait, I thought he was colluding with Trump's order was a common sense response to real proven threats. (laughs) Can you say that again? Trump's order was a common sense response to real proven threats. Just last year, the Wall Street Journal reported that the United States seized a Chinese-built transformer because officials believe its electronics had been secretly given malicious capabilities, possibly allowing a distant adversary to monitor or even disable it on command. Cybersecurity expert Joseph Weiss reported that officials found electronics that should not have been part of the transformer, hardware backdoors, that could allow the Chinese to effectively gain control of the Transformers without any network forensics being the wiser. And that's from the Washington Examiner. (sighs) So as we are lamenting over the former United States of America, and as we still have the vitriol in the sting of the article that Norm just read, I want you guys, if you are discerning at all, to look up order number 202-21-1 from the U.S. Department of Energy, which absolutely coincides with what Norm just read 
read from the National Examiner because what is happening, there were dozens of articles I pined over and I wanted to go through, but I thought, what is the most effective thing that we can do to illustrate that we are now in the new world order? America has lost its control. We are no longer the United States of America that we have known. We are now into this eschatological point where these things that have been foretold, I genuinely believe, are going to start to become more and more a reality. I'm sorry. I don't want to be that way. I just call it like I see it. We had a good run. The beautiful thing is, is that empires rise and fall. Countries come and go. But the idea of freedom and self-governance and liberty and what America was all about and founded on and stood for, it, that is sexy. That is appealing. Freedom and being able to make your own decision. We're talking 1976 Pam Greer, coffee, Foxy Brown sexiness right there. Everything that they accused Trump of with the Chinese, the Russians, the Ukrainian, all that mm-hmm. stuff. It's everything that they accuse him of is what they're doing. Well, it goes back to the Solinsky tactics. Sleight of hand, magicians, right. sorcery, witchcraft. Can As I, above, so below. From Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord amongst the brethren. I don't know. Call me crazy. Does that maybe not apply a little bit to everything mm. we've been talking about this morning? Think, things that make you go, Things hmm. that make you go, Here's a quote from one of Bill's heroes. Every time we witness an injustice and do not act, we train our character to be passive in its presence and thereby eventually lose all ability to defend ourselves and those we love. In a modern economy, it is impossible to seal oneself off from injustice. If we have brains or courage, then we are blessed and called on not to frit these qualities away, standing agape at the ideas of others, winning pissing contests, improving the efficiencies of the neocorporate state, or immersing ourselves in obscurenta, but rather to prove the vigor of our talents against the strongest opponents of love we can find. If we can only live once, then let it be a daring adventure that draws on all our powers. Let it be with similar types whose hearts and heads we may be proud of. Let our grandchildren delight and find the start of our stories in their ears, but the endings all around in their wondering eyes. The whole universe or the structure that perceives it is a worthy opponent, but try as I may, I cannot escape the sound of suffering. Perhaps as an old man, I will take great comfort in pottering around in a lab and gently talking to students in the summer evening and will accept suffering with insequence. But not now. Men in their prime, if they have convictions, are tasked to act on them. Julian Assange. I mean, and this is a guy who literally did that, and he's been paying a very heavy toll, and one of my biggest complaints with Trump is he didn't pardon Assange, he didn't pardon Snowden, who are, in my mind, great purveyors of liberty and and justice in this time. I just wonder sometimes, like, what I don't know, man. It just makes me think what's going to happen. You know, what is our role going to be as the United States diminishes more and more? You know, what's going to happen to people like us who aren't going to just fall in line? You know what I'm saying? You want to know? Yeah. We're going to end up in the modern equivalent of concentration camps. We will be tortured. We'll be executed. Yay. No, and I say that based on history and I say that based on, you know, the plans that I don't know any gun owner that's just going to, let me rephrase that. I know very, very few gun owners 
owners that are going to willingly surrender that. It's like... It's going to get ugly. But that's by design. And that's why I rail so hard against these things because we stand now. There will be opposition, but it will be light in comparison to what's coming. And the problem is that they have everything set up. They have the news on their side. They have now the government completely unbridled, unchecked, and unbalanced government on their side. So when the good-hearted, red-blooded American men, like one that I talked to last night, which I won't give his name, talk about the fact that, you know, there were going to be some men who were going to stand up and not willingly lay down. It's not going to be seen as the war for revolution back in 1773 when it, or whenever it started. It's going to be seen as an evil insurrection. They have the media. They have the way to make this look however they want to present it. And they're going to present it to the common masses who they already know they can do because history is going to repeat itself. And people are going to say, look at all these evil men out there trying to tear down our country. It's And the other thing is, is that not only do we know from trial and error from a lot of these gentlemen that we previously spoke of, we also understand that we have the prophetic foresight of the eschatological books of the Bible that has long foretold these things. And there is nothing pleasant about the fate that awaits us. Like as a child, when I was growing up, I'm thinking, how do we get to a place where not Christians in in like the Christianese sense, but like good Christian men and women are called hate mongers. And as a child, I thought it doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, here it is. It's a fact. It's It's a a fact. fact. But we are. I mean, just for being a Christian, you will be judged like Christ foretold it. He said, just as I am judged one day, you will be judged. Christ was really honest about it. Right. And you know that. And Norm knows that. And like Jason knows that. This is my perplexity. This is my struggle. How do we awake our fellow countrymen? Please. We are sheep being led to the slaughter. I don't know how to wake people up. You think about the Spanish flu, you know, the pandemic, which was a real pandemic. Yeah. It killed like 50 million people in three months or something. If it truly, if it was something like that, you wouldn't have to tell the American people to wear masks. You wouldn't have to tell the American people to close their businesses for a little bit. You wouldn't have to tell us anything. We would do it. If it was, if it was something that was killing millions of people and spreading like wildfire. Globally. And, yeah. We, you wouldn't have to order us to do anything. We would do the right thing. Right, yeah. You know, I mean, if someone comes to your house, with weapons, you protect your home, your house at home. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's it's, it's called nature. It's a natural reaction to... But I think it also goes to the heart of what we're talking about with Americans. I believe what you're saying is absolute veritas. You know, they were talking 15 days of flattening the curve because 3 to 4% of the population are going to be decimated. And here we are almost a year later. Now we are at where we're at. It just stinks because I know God has providence and I know that if we are obeying him to the best of our ability and we are walking in his word to the best of our ability... He's going to have his magnificent hand of providence upon us individually. However, that doesn't mean that we are going to not get wet as we are going through the storm. In this world, you will have tribulation. In this world, you will have to suffer. Fear not, I've overcome the world. All the disciples were martyred. All of the founding fathers of this country were martyrs. I mean, I think, I mean, we're going to need people like that in this day and age. That's a good segue, Norm. We're going to get into some of these founding fathers' statements. However, there is a famous quote by Marcus Turilius Cicero, and it's the enemy at the gates quote. Look that up, because it's so apropos to what we're talking about. It talks about the enemy isn't necessarily at the gates. The enemy is within. And what we see now in America, we have allowed, and we have chosen, and we are embracing these people who are our inferiors to govern us. And we are going to get what we deserve. Well, let's just get into some of these quotes. I'm going to start one off. The secret of freedom lies in educating people, whereas the secret of tyranny is in keeping them ignorant. 
it. Maximilian Robesier. And I think that is such a simple and profound thing because knowledge is freedom. Knowledge is power. When you watch these talking boxes in your living room and, and these portable devices that you take with you, they are telling you lies. It's this Project Mockingbird, Tokyo Rose. Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. There you go. You should never be ashamed to admit that you have been wrong. It only proves that you are wiser today than yesterday. And that was Jonathan Swift said that. And no I think relation to? T-Swift? Uh, I don't think so. But a constitution of government once changed from freedom can never be restored. Liberty once lost is lost forever. John Adams, 1775. He's right. This is not a single instance in history in which civil liberty was lost and religious liberty preserved entire. If therefore we yield up our temporal property, we at the same time deliver the conscience into bondage. John Witherspoon. God grants that not only the love of liberty, but a thorough knowledge of the rights of man may pervade all the nations of the earth, so that a philosopher may set his foot anywhere on its surface and say, this is my country. Benjamin Franklin. Timid men prefer the calm of despotism to the boisterous sea of liberty. Thomas Jefferson. I love that. Liberty is the power to do everything that does not interfere with the rights of others. Thus, the exercise of the natural rights of every individual has no limit save those that assure to other members of society the enjoyment of the same rights. Thomas Paine. Wow, we lost that. I, last episode, we talked about classical liberalism. Mm -hmm. That is the heartbeat of classical liberalism as described to us by one of my favorite founding fathers. Talk about the American spirit and the will to fight and the, the men that stood up against tyranny and stuff. And where is that American spirit today? How do we awaken and stoke the fire of that American dead, spirit that you're talking about? Spirit. I love that. What you just did, Norm, the, the Thomas Paine quote is, that's fantastic. You know, what's going on today, this deceptive negative outlook on this beautiful country that was divinely inspired and divinely fought for, you know, for good, godly, positive reasons, you know. When I hear about people talking about rewriting the Constitution and we should start over and the Great Reset and all this stuff, you know, because the Founding Fathers were racist, evil men, which for the most part is not true. But I mean, what are we going to do? We're going to get together a group of perfect men this time? And what would they write this time? Maybe that all men are... Created uh, with or without genitalia... Um, yeah. A man, a woman. A man, a woman. But literally, how can you get any more beautiful and divinely inspired than all men are created equally, endowed by their creator with inalienable rights, and have the right to pursue life, liberty, and happiness? Like, and we you can't get any better than that. We weren't perfect people, and we weren't even listening to ourselves when they wrote this, because clearly it took some time for people to get it right, but it's the spirit of deception, and... it's. I've said this before, but, you know, is America perfect? No. But if you have a house, if you have a broken window or a leaky roof, are you going to call the bulldozer in and tear it down and then dig up the foundation and start all over? No, you're going to patch the roof, you know, paint the ceiling, get the window replaced or fix the window. You know, if America's a house, let's fix it. You don't bulldoze the whole thing and dig up the foundation and start over. Mm -hmm. Country had some warts. You know, the interesting thing is, like, people always say, well, they own slaves, they're racist. Listen, slavery no, is an abomination no. to the image and likeness of God. I would go that far to say that. But what a lot of people don't realize is that a large number of people during the Constitutional Convention didn't want to 
have slavery, but it was the southern states who Democrat. Thank you. Who <laughs> no, that, and that's a historical fact. fact. Yeah. That's a historical fact yeah. that often gets overlooked. Um, let me just hit this one real quick. It says those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary security deserve neither their liberty nor their safety. Benjamin Franklin. And I believe that kind of comes full circle to where we're at with this. What I take away from that is there's no perfect man. And I, I'm sorry, but you can even look at the most popular president that's ever lived. And even he is not perfect. Yeah. Or you can look at orange man bad and he's not perfect. And, and I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. No, you're listening to this. I'm sorry to be that guy, but you're not perfect. However, there is the idea of the spiritual, emotional, and cultural evolution that as individuals and as cultures and countries go through. The spirit of Americanism will never die because that is a spirit of liberty. That is a spirit of freedom. That is a spirit that Christ said it is for liberty. It is for freedom that he has set us free. But America, the United States of America is now in dead. the process of going tits up. No. You think it's already there. It, but we're already there. One way or it's semantics. One way or another, we're either breathing our last vapors or we're there already. But Okay, so I would say this, going back to our notes. We have had that constrictor wrap around us and they're squeezing. It may take the fall of a nation to bring people to Christ. You know, and that's the thing. I got family members that need Jesus. So, I mean, if whatever it takes, I guess, you know. Final thoughts. Closing thoughts. Uh, I got this. We need more God. More God. We need people to read your history, understand the Constitution, as William likes to say, read your Bible, understand God's Constitution. Which, oddly enough, kind of mirrors. Kind of mirror each other. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. The founding it's, fathers it's, it's, it's use that as a blueprint. Use the Bible eerie. as a blueprint. It's creepy. Mm-hmm. Simple, it's it's so it's, coincidental. It's, uh, yeah. No, know the truth. These are the times that try men's souls. I mean, we're, we're going up against it. We're oppressed. It's a dark time, but be a light. Be a light in a dark world. Try and save as many people as you can. Norman. You know, I think about the people that in my life that I care for deeply, people in my family who are deceived and believing the lies and what I would say to them is uh, I would say hit your knees and pray and ask God to remove the veil that's over your heart and over your eyes and uh, that he would allow you to see the truth. Nothing is more perplexing than seeing people you love being deceived. So we need more God. Or we need a t-shirt that says so. Well, oddly enough, someone's designed one. Just someone who has a contact hasn't. He's up on the mothership again. So (laughs) He's being probed. Yeah. COVID testing. I wonder if COVID why has it got to be a mothership? Maybe it's a fathership. Yeah. Maybe it's just a, an it ship. A mothership. Maybe it's a, a non-binary, non-identified. Yeah. The non-identifiable beings with the rubber gloves were suppressingly gentle. One nation under a curse. They don't have anyway. genitalia. Well, and that's the thing. Like we can't even convince people that snuffing out innocence yeah. is a bad thing. I you know, almost made it through this one without any duct tape, Bill. You you sow the wind, you're going to reap the whirlwind. Yeah. Please subscribe. Please share. We need your help. If you like what we're saying, please let people know about us. And I like what you're saying. What I like about Flockcast. No, not much. If you like what we're doing, please share. Uh, please subscribe. We're currently anywhere that you can listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify. We're currently on YouTube. This one might not be. We'll see. Uh, we are on Rumble, Flockcast. It's Flockcast CLE. Our website is flawedinc.com. Still doing my daily vlogs. You can find there. If you like those, please share. Please comment. Uh, we are everywhere on the Project Mockingbird social media. You can find us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're doing well on Gab yeah. and MeWe. But thank you for listening. Thank you for suffering our tomfoolery. Yeah. Regulators! Mount up. So Come on, man. Let me sniff you first. Come on, man. Son of a bitch. Play shoots and ladders. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll play sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, Joe. I already am. <laughs>
All right, Norman, how about you? Uh, you're, the, you're the official intro dude now. Flogcast, episode number 68, the dodo bird and python, an anthropol... Anthrop- I should have practiced that first. <laughs> Anthropolo- Anthropological. Anthropological juxta- juxta- juxtaposition. Anthropological juxtaposition. <laughs> Where's Jason? Two hours of sleep is not doing you pretty yeah. <laughs> Okay. You want me to read big words on two hours of sleep? I'm sorry, brother. An anthrop. <laughs> oh, shoot. That might be your, uh, your hidden gem. I got a very bad feeling about this. Okay. An anthropology. <laughs> Dude, you got to do what I can't, man. Flawedcast numbers. <laughs> I literally feel like I'm on a sitcom blooper reel right now. How do you say that? Ugar? Uyghur? Uyghur. Uyghur. Uyghur? Mm-hmm. I was a Uyghur in high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uyghur. Our, our norm is now white. <laughs> I bust a sag like the best of them. I always just thought inform the public about things, and then that would percolate up into government and into governance, and then we would uh, be able to stand up against tyranny uh, and... Uh, take action against the globalist. And I'm almost tempted right now with the news I have that I've been working on the last hour to just not do the show today. Because uh, I'm not putting the, the audience down. We, we cover so much hardcore stuff here, uh, but but we're here every day. No one kind of takes it serious. We just drop bomb after 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 bomb. But, film, but familiarity breeds contempt. And I get it. I have contempt for myself, too. I don't realize how important we are in the great work we've done. I understand that. Distance makes the heart grow fond. Familiarity breeds it's contempt, a contempt, and no one is going to care. It's always the same. If it's, if it's total proof of just absolute evil that will destroy the enemy, no one cares. If it's some vague Q thing or somebody saw the Virgin Mary in a piece of toast or something, then it's the most important thing in the world. Uh, because here's the deal. I'm not just going to sit here and, and put this information out and just have it nothing happen. I'll quit today. I, I want to walk away from this place so bad because we have all the evidence of what the enemy's done and no one does shit with it. Nothing. I don't know why people don't have an instinct to victory, but it's incredible. What am I talking about? What's the big news? No one cares. I shouldn't even say it, probably. I mean, we, we could have the keys to, to put Lucifer into the pit of hell. No one would care. They'd be busy getting their freaking nails done. Oh, my God. Fine, if America wants that, then freaking have it. And if you want your power turned off by the Department of Energy, then enjoy it. God, this country's totally effed, man. God almighty, let it all burn, then. I mean, we can't even admit aborting babies is murder, so we don't deserve to have power. All right, the United States is being taught to be a third world country. We're being taught to have no borders and a collapsing power grid. It's all by design. It's all public. And just with the public like zombies everywhere, just like walking into globalist machine gun fire. And then that weird reanimated corpse, Biden stumbling around up there. Just all of it. Just It's just, it's a joke because people are unconscious from watching TV and playing on their phones all day. It manipulates all the dopamine receptors where people think that's the real world. And the real world, they're all, ooh, 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 like this. And I just, I just don't want to be around this anymore.